The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Good Wednesday afternoon, everybody. I'm Brad Whisker filling in for Jalen Nye for the rest of the week. She will be back on Monday. She's currently up in Yellowknife at a honorary colonel conference. Joined in studio by the producer of the 6.30 Ched Ryan Jesperson show, Morgan Black. Morgan, how you doing? I'm pretty good. How are you, Brad? Good. You have an update for us on what's happening with the Chuck Egg Creek fire. I do indeed. A mandatory evacuation order is being issued for more areas of Mackenzie County as an out-of-control wildfire, wildfire does continue to burn south of high levels. So everyone in the area of Lacrete Ferry Campground and two kilometers east of that campground is being ordered to evacuate right now. The alert says anyone on the uh, east side of the Peace River should head towards La Crete. Those on the west side should get out of the area along Highway 35. The evacuation order came as heavy smoke cloaked parts of northern Alberta this morning. Another alert was issued which stated those located just east of the area are also under evacuation order and they should prepare to leave on a moment's notice. That includes everyone north and south of Highway 697 to Range Road 164 and Steep Hill Creek. Well there you have it. We will keep you up to date throughout the afternoon on the latest developments of the Chuck Egg Creek area wildfire. A jam-packed show for you today. Later on, we will talk to the one and only Raptor superfan, Navbatia. Also, the monthly edition of How Does That Make You Feel with Dr. Gans Ferentz. And we're also going to shortly touch on the SNC-Lavalin scandal. This morning, a Quebec judge ruling that the SNC-Lavalin group is headed to trial on charges of fraud and corruption. The decision, the latest step in criminal proceedings that started last fall after the Montreal-based engineering and construction giant failed to secure a deferred prosecution agreement, a kind of plea deal that would have seen the firm agree to pay a fine rather than face prosecution. Here's what Prime Minister Trudeau had to say on, a way to a, on his way to a caucus meeting this morning. One of the things that is uh, very clear is that we respect the independence of our judiciary and we're not going to comment on an ongoing court case. But as I've said many times, uh, we're always going to try and uh, fight for Canadian jobs in ways that uh, uphold the rules. Now, Crown Prosecutor Richard Roy says this case... It will proceed in one of two ways. The case will come back on June the 7th in Superior Court for the three entities to uh, decide what type of trial they want, which is uh, either a trial uh, by jury in Superior Court or a trial in Court of Quebec before judge alone. To dig a bit deeper into this story, we welcome criminal defense lawyer and legal commentator Ari Goldkind to the show. How are you doing, Ari? I'm great. Good to be on with you. Did you see this coming? I did, because so much of it, and a lot of the reporting today, doesn't really understand just how little happened today and just how simple the judge's decision was, because it really gets into the weeds of what a preliminary inquiry was or what the judge, to use the headline, even ruled on. So I, I think it's very interesting that everybody thinks it's a bigger thing than it is, and I can explain why, but I'll pause there. Yeah, if you can explain why. I mean, this is years in the making. These allegations go all the way back to 2001. That's right. And there is an element, and I'll, and I'll keep them separate in my answer, of politics and the law. And basically, all that happened law-wise is that there was what's called the preliminary hearing. And if you like U.S.-style shows better, uh, that's your favorite way of watching it. It's sort of called a discovery, where the lawyers, you know, in a courtroom hear the evidence and all the judge decides and i'm going to use a word that will should be obvious as to how little is needed here all the judge needs is what's called a scintilla of evidence which is about as little evidence as you could imagine to send the matter 
to a trial. And the reason that's done, leaving aside the lawyers learning about their case, is you don't want to have 12 jurors come to court for months when there's no evidence that somebody's guilty. But the judge's standard of what was decided today that made headline news across Canada was nothing out of the ordinary, doesn't mean guilt, doesn't mean SNC-Lavalin is a scandal or isn't. It's simply the judge saying there is something to see here. There is a charge or charges to answer for. So we're all going to have a trial, and this happens hundreds of times across Canada every single day. Now, why Libya? I mean, how did they get involved with Canada and SNC-Lavalin? Well, first of all, what you always want to look at comes to the charges is the way business was done 10, 12 years ago. And now we're going to tie into the politics where people think the scandal is. SNC essentially has cleaned house in the last 10 years since the jig was up on this. What SNC is essentially saying is, you know, we did some wrong back then, but without doing these bribes and other sorts of things, we would never have gotten contracts there. It was the way business was done. And the way it now moves into the scandal, and this is why I've always said against the grain, against the current wisdom, that this has never been a scandal, is SNC has said something essentially as follows. We're a huge company. We have tons and tons of employees. We admit wrongdoing. There's a thing called the DPA, that's the Deferred Prosecution Agreement, where rather than getting a conviction on us, and preventing us from ever doing work again on federal contracts for 10 years, and theoretically our company going under or being bankrupted or whatever the narrative is, we want to pay a gigantic fine to the Canadian Treasury to reflect our wrongdoing, but we've also proven that what we did 11, 12 years ago is at an end. That's SNC's point. That's the political aspect. What the judge did today bears no relation to that. But that's where things get interesting to me, Ari, is the deferred prosecution agreement. And that's where this whole quote-unquote scandal erupted earlier this year with Jody Wilson-Raybould and her decision to go against what she had been requested to do. That's exactly right. And as I call it the Jody Wilson-Raybould, I'm a martyr to her, but I'm not a martyr for anything. The government, who's got a responsibility to taxpayers, let's remember this has a responsibility to taxpayers, the government said to Jody Wilson-Raybould, look, obviously this is the final call. You have the final call. But we'd like you to think about this a bit more carefully than being stubborn and simply saying, don't call me, don't talk to me, even though she was, as we all know, framing uh, the, the clerk of the Privy Council by recording that call surreptitiously, which I still think is one of the worst things I've ever heard of in my career, either politically or legally. But what the whole point of it was is that the government said, look, there are a lot of other considerations here than going after a company that's admitted wrongdoing, cleaned up its act, and is willing to pay a massive fine. And if people think that makes the government corrupt for calling Jody Wilson-Raybould two or three times, here's Jody Wilson-Raybould's answer. There was nothing corrupt or illegal about me being called to rethink my position. I just don't like the fact that I was called and I was annoyed. Well, that's kind of the government's job at that time, and the whole rule of law, the sky is falling argument is so false, I wouldn't even know where to begin, and you and I don't have the time.
Ari, the three corporate entities named in the case, so SNC-Lavalin International, SNC-Lavalin Construction, and Group SNC-Lavalin, they're going to be back on, in court June 7th. Do you have any indication if a trial by jury or by judge would be their preference or what would work out better for them? Sure, that's a fantastic question. And I think one of the underlying parts to that question, because it's what I've been asked all day as well, when will this trial be? Will it be during the election season? What the, what the quote that you played just before we chatted was about going to court June 7th, nobody should think there will be a trial on this until 20, not, uh, 2020 at the earliest. The June 7th appearance is to just do, and your question is so wise, to do what's called an election, which is to say, do you want a judge or do you want a judge and jury? My sense is for a whole series of reasons, you might want a judge alone here. Well, all of this publicity, all of this scandal business, SNC was dirty. SNC, you sort of want a judge to cut through all of that. That being said, my preference in law is a jury, but I think this will likely be a judge alone trial if it goes all the way to trial, which would still surprise me if it does. But I, I'm not so sure we'll see a jury here at the end of the day. What will the backlash look towards the Liberal government? Even It doesn't matter who the judge or the jury favours here. I mean, this has been an ugly situation for the Liberal government. It has, and it's obviously affected the sheen or the bloom on his rose. I mean, I've never been a gigantic fan of Justin Trudeau. Just to, I think it's important to know people's biases. But I've never thought he did anything wrong here or anything to apologize for. That being said, it certainly led to a lot less popularity, a narrative that he had his finger on the scale of justice. If you visualize that sort of long-held symbol or uh, emblem of the scales of justice, there, I don't know how loud this will get towards October, late October, the election, because as I said, this is going to disappear from the ether until after October. It would shock me. Other than a guilty plea or some resolution coming, if there will be a trial on this until next year, if you ask why, it's because hurting all the lawyers involved here is worse than hurting cats. So I don't expect that to happen in election season. But the problem that I've always had with this story is that it's been told by such a partisan rancor. In other words, if you're an NDP, you come at it from that point of view. If you're a liberal, you defend him to the hilt. If you're a conservative, you sort of attack him as if, you know, he's Mussolini or some other creature of intervention. I don't think the discussion here has been focused enough on what a DPA is, what it's for, what did he do that's so wrong, and did Jody Wilson deserve to be called the victim or martyr that so many narratives make her out to be. So if SNC-Lavalin is found guilty of the charges, what kind of impact is that going to have on the company? A very significant one, unless you sort of believe the people that say, oh, they'll pick up business here, they'll pick up business there. They cannot bid on federal contracts of a very significant nature, mind you. And obviously the counter-argument to that is, well, that's why Justin Trudeau is going to bat for them because of all the patronage and work that they get, all these government contracts. But they won't be able to bid on a great many government contracts for at least a period of 10 years. And when you're talking about a company, we talk about SNC-Lavalin like it's just a Twitter handle, like it's just something that we see in a headline. It's a company, leave aside the CEOs, and the people that were turfed out for doing these corrupt but cost of doing business deals in Libya, it's got thousands of employees, many of them Canadian. And the argument that people 
who don't see it my way say, oh, well, there's lots of other jobs to go to. The skilled people, if SNC-Lavalin goes under, they'll get hired by all sorts of other big engineering companies. If that's an argument that is sound economically, particularly for a government to advance, they have these people will just find jobs of a comparable pay, benefits, salary package, seniority at some other company. Boy, that's a weak argument to me. So the effects could be very significant on SNC-Lavalin in a very realistic, real-life, day-to-day way for its employees. Ari, always appreciate your thoughts and insights. Thanks for taking the time today. Anytime. Thank you so much. That is Ari Goldkind, criminal defense lawyer and legal commentator. It's going to be an interesting story, obviously something, as Ari said, that could develop throughout the election. Just another issue to keep an eye on in October later this year. On the other side of the news at 2.35, we're going to talk to Jamie Towell. He has been hanging around Scotiabank Arena throughout the day for NBA Finals Media Day. You're listening to the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. Brad Whisker and Morgan Black filling in for Jalen Nye, who will be away for the rest of the week, back on Monday. Getting some texts into 6.30, 6.30. People not exactly on the same page as Ari Goldkind, as is the case for Linda, who phoned in to 780-496-0063. Linda, what's on your mind? What's on my mind is when I, people, I hear people on that side of the argument... I kind of lose my mind. The Liberals campaigned so hard against Stephen Harper's government because somebody repaid $90,000. And they said one person did it when, in fact, maybe somebody else did it. Um, for for Jody Wilson-Rabel to actually tape that conversation when she didn't have a stenographer in her presence to record it like is their practice i mean like they know amongst themselves that they're recording these conversations either on a digital type media or with somebody writing by hand so they know that these record conversations are being recorded to try and scapegoat her with that this is millions of dollars Stephen Harper got into power because the Liberals had been caught embezzling millions, tens, hundreds of millions of dollars, virtually nothing paid back. Now we're looking at another huge embezzlement under the Liberal watch, and he's, he's upset that she recorded a conversation digitally rather than having a stenographer do it. I, I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. Thank you for, just... the, thank you for the call, Linda. Thank you. Somebody else texting in from Camrose. Oh, my bleeding heart. Poor SNC and poor Trudeau. I feel so terrible for them and the unfair treatment the press is giving them. <laughs> they are cleaner than the Pope's robe, according to this guy. Just looking out for taxpayers. How stupid does he think we are? Never mind how that DPA was passed. Never mind how they tried to hide the truth and silence Jody. And never mind the corruption and disgusting behavior and got everyone in this mess to begin with. That is from Trevor in Camrose. That is into our text line at 630-630. You can also give us a call at 780-496-0063. 
Everybody has a wonderful opinion of this case, eh? And it seems like every, oh, not every week, I'm going to say, but every month something new is breaking, some new development in Essence Lee Lavalin. It's, it's a lot of information to hold on to, and it's a lot of winding paths. Like, as we said, this has been going on since 2001, allegedly. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's when these payments and these alleged bribes with Libya started and lasted until 2011, totaling $48 million, and then it took another few years before these allegations even came out. So by the time everything gets figured out, and I mean, Ari said that a trial could happen later this year, who knows if that's actually going to happen. If it takes longer than that, it could be 20 years in 2021 by the time this thing is settled. So, so. what we're saying is we have a lot more SNC-Lavalin discussions to be had in the future. Uh, just a few. Just a few, just a few. Just a few. So that was happening in Canada today, but south of the border, special counsel Robert Mueller he says charging a U.S. president with a crime was, quote, not, a, not an option his team could consider in the Russia investigation. Mueller actually made his first public comments about the Russia probe today, saying it would be unfair to potentially accuse someone of a crime when the person could not stand trial to defend himself. It explains that under long-standing department policy, a president, president cannot be charged with a federal crime while he is in office. That is unconstitutional. Now that said, Mueller says his investigation found clear evidence of Russian interference. As alleged by the grand jury in an indictment, Russian intelligence officers who were part of the Russian military launched a concerted attack on our political system. He went on to say that the extent of the interference was comprehensive. There were multiple systematic efforts to interfere in our election. And that allegation deserves the attention of every American. Wrapping things up there, he says, no evidence that U.S. President Donald Trump's campaign colluded or conspired with Russia, but a report released at the end of the investigation detailed many contacts between Russia and the campaign. So on the legal front today, lots going on, but one of the most exciting things happening today and tomorrow is, of course, the start of the NBA Finals. We're going to chat with the super fan later on. You were excited about that. Oh, I am thrilled. I mean, in the news, there's many complicated issues. There's lots of there's lots of sides to things. But this, Raptors win or lose. There are two options. We need them to win. If you don't know who the Raptors super fan is, his name is Nav Batia. He's 67 years old. The Raptors became a franchise in 1995. He has been to every single home game since the inception of the franchise. So, you play 41 games at home per year. They've been a franchise for 24 years. He has been to almost 1,000 basketball games in Toronto. And he still has that level of enthusiasm for each and every one. He is... Who do you think is a bigger fan? Drake or Nav? Nav. Yeah? Oh, 100% Nav. The thing with Nav, too, is he doesn't just stop going to home games. He travels on the road. He was in Milwaukee the last round. He was in Philadelphia in the first round. He was in Orlando. Sorry, Philadelphia in the second round and Orlando in the first round. So there will be a lot of Raptors talk on today's show, especially coming up on the other side of the news. You're listening to the 630 Ched Afternoon News.